Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 28. I'm your host, Sal Katar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How you doing, Nihal? I'm doing so well. It was Thanksgiving weekend, which was awesome. It was a great weekend of soccer. Uh, for all of our listeners in the United States, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving with family and friends as we did. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving, Sal? How would you rate the food? Uh, overall, I'd say like an eight and a half out of ten for Thanksgivings, of course. Yeah. So. Well, our mom's a great cook, but you know, turkey, man, I just, turkey's always so disappointing yeah, it is, for me. It is. Gravy's the only thing that makes it, you know, interesting to me. <laughs> and we just watched the South Park Food Critic episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Decent show. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, like, you, I mean, the mashed potatoes were good. I, I thought the mac and cheese was really, really good, and. Yeah, I know you liked it, and you usually don't like real mac and cheese. No, yeah. You like the processed stuff. Yeah, I prefer Kraft. Yeah, I thought we we agreed not to say the name of the company. Well, you know, if you guys want to go hit up Kraft on Twitter, then maybe we can get a sponsorship deal or something there. From Kraft? Yeah. Soccer Brothers presented by Kraft? Yeah. Well, I mean, and Ambitious Strike. No, yeah. Ambitious Strike is the only company for us. Speaking of Ambitious Strike... MLS Cup is this weekend between the Portland Timbers and the Columbus crew in Columbus, Ohio. I'm sure fans of each team will be repping gear uh, or repping their team with some sweet gear on game day. If you are a neutral fan, make sure you'll be repping soccer by wearing Ambitious Strike clothing. Ambitious Strike is a wonderful soccer apparel company uh, based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Go check out their website, AmbitiousStrike.com, A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S. S-T-R-Y-K.com. Go check them out for some great clothing. It's a great site. Their site is awesome. And um, I highly recommend their clothing. Sorry, I was choking there. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to get 15% off on your entire Ambitious Strike purchase, then enter the code BROTHERS at checkout. You get a great deal. Yeah, I mean, they have some great clothing. I Seriously, guys, you got to go check them out. Um, And they're great people, too. So we're very, very happy to be working with them. All right, you mentioned the Western Conference Finals before. Well, not specifically the Western Conference Finals. We mentioned the, uh, the Conference Finals. So why don't we head into the first game, which was the Western Conference Finals, where we saw FC Dallas take on the Portland Timbers into Toyota Stadium in Dallas. Frisco. Uh, Frisco, Texas. A little okay, bit outside yeah, of Dallas. A little bit outside Dallas. Uh, Dallas came into this 3-1 down in aggregate. They needed a 2-0 win. Uh, it ended up being a 2-2 draw, so Portland... Uh, right. Had enough to make it through. Yeah, they needed a two-zero win to send it to win um, on away goals. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, beyond that, if if after Portland scored one away goal, they they would have had to win by three goals in order to advance. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a great great match, a very very exciting match. Um, I mean, th- these two teams are so much fun to so much fun to watch play. Yeah, I mean, we saw right away Adi getting tons of opportunities in the beginning. Uh, even before his second half goal, he was very threatening on the attack. Yeah, it was a very open match in the first uh, 15, 20 minutes before it slowed down, before halftime. I thought Kellen Acosta was great in the Dallas midfield. Uh, right. Obviously, the U.S. under-20 international, he played in the under-20 World Cup. He's really, really matured as a player. And I wish, instead of Marky Delgado, uh, Tab, Ra- Tab Ramos uh, played him in the midfield, in the defensive midfield. He played left back at the World Cup. Um, but he was great. I mean, he had one great cross-field pass. Um, in, in early on, um, I think around the fifth or the 10th minute. So, uh, it, it was, uh, I mean, he was great. He also had a couple of uh, game saving or goal saving tackles later on. And yeah. his, his, he just, he was really instrumental in the midfield, moving the ball from the defense to the forwards. Um, another thing, like you said, was Adi. I thought he was wonderful in the match. His yeah. hold up play was excellent. 
um, especially early on and then later in the match. And then Aspria versus Hooling's head on the Portland right um, was was absolutely f- phenomenal to watch, yeah. I thought. Um, yeah, in the 14th minute, he had a left-footed strike. That was uh, a very good save. Yeah, Jesse, Jesse Gonzalez made a, great, a nice save on, uh, on Aspria's shot. Um, and, uh, I mean, Hooling's head, you know, it looked like he was beat a couple of times, uh, which he was, but overall I thought he recovered very, very well. Uh, the FC Dallas left back, especially early on. Um, one thing I noticed early on, though, was the lack of, uh, actually throughout the whole match, was the lack of play from Dallas's right side. Barrios really wasn't getting into the mass- match, neither was Javon Watson. Uh, there was really nothing coming from that side, and I think that really did Dallas in. Uh, maybe if Tesha Akindele was there from the start, it would have been different. Barrios is obviously a very, very pacey player, but... I mean, I don't know if you noticed that, but there was it was really all coming from Dallas's left side yeah. with Fabian Castillo or in the middle of the park with Mauro Diaz, who's just fantastic. Well, I even thought Castillo on the left side was disappointing in the first yeah, half. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, they just weren't really getting into any delivery into Teixeira, and it just it didn't, yeah. it didn't seem like they were creating any uh, serious goal-scoring opportunities, at least to the likes of what Portland was doing. Yeah, Fabian, yeah, Fabian Castillo really in the last few weeks wasn't that great. Um, I mean, he's obviously a fantastic player. Uh, but he, he, yeah, like like you said, he. I thought he was way more involved than uh, than Barrios on the yeah. right side. But really, the whole the whole attack, the whole the whole play was going through uh, Acosta in defensive midfield and Mauro Diaz at attacking mid. Who, like I said, is just fantastic to watch. Yeah, I noticed uh, from the 15th to the 30th minute that Dallas won possession. Uh, they still weren't getting the ball wide enough or whipping in any dangerous balls. But like you right. said, Acosta was controlling it. Right. You felt like Portland knew what they were doing at that point. Um, I'm sure they would have liked to have more possession and more attacking opportunities because a 2-0 win at home for Dallas is not out of the question. Um, I mean, that's something that they've done all year. So early on, it seemed like both teams were looking for that goal, and then they sort of calmed down, and both teams towards the end wanted to get into halftime at 0-0, you know, and not, not concede. Um, I thought Matt Hedges was great in the first half uh, in center defensive or in, in the ce- in the center of the defense for FC Dallas. Yeah, um, and it was a good performance by him overall. I'd say. Yeah, especially with that clutch clearance in the second half. That yeah, we'll yeah. Later. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we talked about halftime before. Right. Uh, I, I, the, the the one thing I want to say is there was another big chance from uh, Teixeira. Um, in the, in the 32nd minute, Kowarsai made that huge save. I don't know if you remember it. It might be a little bit hard to remember, but Kowarsai made an absolutely phenomenal save, and uh, the match could have been completely different if Dallas scored uh, early on. Uh, but it was, I mean, overall, it was pretty uneventful, open early on, a lot of possession. Uh, I mean, a lot of possession for Dallas, and um, not as exciting as the second half, that's for Definitely, sure. Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, so at halftime, we, uh, uh, we, we did see a change... In the approach a little bit, FC Dallas definitely got on the more aggressive side in the second half, I would say. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Which, which kind of exposed them in the back. So we saw uh, Adi score a goal in the 54th minute. Right. Great turnaround goal. Arguably a foul. He was grabbing the arm of Dallas defender. Yeah, I think it was a foul. Um, I think he pushed Walker Zimmerman down. I think it should have been called. And uh, that would have that would have completely changed the match, too, I think. I, I mean, if yeah, because up until that point, I, th- I thought FC Dallas came out the better team. Fabian Castillo made a huge 40-50 yard run into the box. Uh, Javon Watson also made a very nice run from right back. 
um, and the, the right side started, started to get going. Um, but with that, with that attacking attempt, there was a lot of, there was a lot of counterattacking opportunities for Portland. Uh, we saw time and time again, Diego Valeri leading that counterattack, mm-hmm. um, for Portland. And like you said, Adi, uh, it yeah, Valeri was, had the assist on yeah, that goal, actually. Yeah, Valeri did have the assist on that goal. It was, it was a nice, uh, nice, uh, it was Espria to Valeri. Yeah, and then, uh, Valeri to Adi. Um, Adi, initially it looked like a bad touch, um, but he was able to work and turn and take it onto his left foot. I, I thought he, he should have taken it one time, actually. Yeah. Um, he was able to turn and take it on his left foot. It does hit Jesse Gonzalez, but I don't think you can really blame him there um, in goal. Uh, but it was a goal Portland needed, and it seemed like at that point, um, at that point Dallas needed three goals uh, to send it to extra time. Um, and it seemed like... Portland was was going to be able to see out the match pretty easily, but that that didn't end up happening. Yeah, in the 68th minute, we saw Hollingshead's volley, great volley, uh, make it one one. Yeah, what what a chip, what a chip from uh, Mauro Diaz, a great great yeah. pass um, into the box, and th- that's what you see. You see how influential he is, and the finish was was great as well. Yeah, um, for especially for a fullback. Uh, so it it, it was. Um, as you know, since MLS doesn't care about fullbacks, as evidenced by uh, the MLS best eleven, there is no yeah, there's no fullbacks on the team. Um, but I mean, it was a goal that that uh, Dallas needed, um, and it really, really made the game interesting after that. Yeah, uh, we we saw FC Dallas later take take the two one lead. Diaz again off the set piece, uh, finding Blas Perez for the header. Yeah, and w- right when Blas Perez came on. Um, it, it made a huge, huge difference for FC Dallas. He and Tesha Akindale uh, were very, very good. And at that point, you're thinking, wow, uh, FC Dallas can really can send this into extra time. They have a chance. They have, Portland's backs were against the wall. Um, they were defending, defending, defending. They did have a few counterattacking opportunities in there. Um, but ultimately, it seemed like FC Dallas was going to get the game-tying goal. Um, you know, Arudi had, Arudi, Arudi comes on later in the match. Um, uh, so it, it, it looked like, it looked like that, that FC Dallas was going to get yeah. the third goal. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually in the 95th minute, uh, you know, Dallas was applying pressure, but of course, you know, we see it all the time. If you're going to send everyone up, there's going to be a counterattacking goal, uh, mm-hmm. most likely from the team that doesn't need to score a goal. And that was Lucas Milano with an amazing solo effort to make it two, two. Yeah. And, uh, honestly, before that, Portland had actually a slew of chances. Between Rudy had two good chances. Um, he had two breakaways that really he, he should have maybe scored. But uh, Gonzalo Verón, um, the assist from Valeri, uh, absolutely phenomenal individual play to dribble through the Dallas defense and then basically dribble it into the goal uh, from a very, very tight angle. So he's a very, very exciting player. They signed him midseason, um, and they, they have to be happy with what he did. And at that point, the game was over. Um, so it... Yeah. it, it it was a great, great match to watch. Both of them are Argentine, right? Milano and Valeri? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Valeri. Yep, they both are. Um, did I say Verone? Sorry. I think I said Gonzalo Verone. Um, he plays for the Red Bulls. Yeah. Um, I, they both signed in the middle of the season. I'm very, very sorry about that. I did say Verone. Um, but uh, he was very, very good when he came on. Um, you know, it, it became a really, really exciting match to watch towards the end there. Um, my man of the match was... By far, Diego Valeri. There was some just wonderful interplay between him and Espria on the right. You, I forgot what chance it was, that back heel um, that almost led to a goal. Um, 
I mean, he was just so influential in there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think Nagby was that great in this match. He had some no. bad giveaways. Um, you don't think we could... Uh, I mean, I guess Esprit was impressive. You don't think we could see uh, Nagby move out wide for the final, do you? No, I don't think so. I think he's been too good in the midfield. He's been too good at moving, uh, like much like Acosta did. Just quick passes, getting the attack started, being that catalyst. Um, you saw a couple through balls. You saw his potential. Uh, I just didn't think he had a great match. Uh, he had a couple of bad giveaways. He did have some good defensive. He did put in a good defensive shift, um, which was you know something. It's not something you expect from a player like Darlington Nagby. Uh, but I thought he was very good. I'm not, not. I'm not sorry. Not, I don't think he was very good, but I thought he was. You know, he was decent. He did yeah. what he had to do. The, the giveaways were an issue. That was the biggest thing. So bad turnovers. But Valeri, I don't think there's anyone on the pitch better than Valeri. Yeah. Adi, Adi was a close second, I'd say. Uh, I mean, I, if you're talking about influential players, I mean, I think Diaz made a huge impact to Dallas. But I mean, yeah, won the game, so it's easy to give the man a match. I, think, I mean, Diaz <laughs> not was, won the game, right? But did what they needed to do. Uh, Diaz was was very very good as well. Um, did he? Wait, he assisted, he assisted yeah, both Yeah, he assisted goals. both goals. As did Valeri. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say Diaz, Acosta, and Matt Hedges. Does he get the credit for the assist? Uh, yeah. Valeri, the second one? Okay. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, it, it was... Actually, I'm not sure if he does. I have it written down. But yeah, he did, he did yeah. pass to Milano. Um, I thought Valeri was a little bit more influential, especially like, maybe especially on the counterattack. Um, Diaz was able to find those pockets of space and exploit... The Portland defense. And let's not forget, before Milano's goal, that huge block by Nat Borchers. Absolutely huge block by Nat Borchers. Yeah. Um, I, think it was, I think it was Perez, right, that, that had the opportunity. Um, actually, I don't even I don't remember when that was. Yeah, it, it was definitely late on. I think it was before uh, was Dallas it? could get their third. I think they're up 2-1 at that point. Uh, I forgot. Uh, was it 1-1 or 2-1? I think it was 2-1, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, anyways, anyways yeah. I thought Borchers was, was was good as well, um, and um, the uh, the other guy back there, his name is escaping me. Um, I thought he was uh, good as well. Uh, Paparato, that's who it was. He he was he was very good in defense as well. Um, I mean, the first pat, the first goal by FC Dallas was just a great pass and a great run by Hulingshead. Um, the marking maybe should have been better. Um, they did have a, a few open opportunities. Uh, Dallas, you know, they have to think they could have scored one or two more goals in this match. Teixeira had a bad touch early on. Um, that Nat Borcher's clearance was, was immense. Um, but, uh, I mean, overall, uh, I, I think, uh, I mean, Valeri was the real difference in this match. Uh, he really was. So, what, what did you expect of FC Dallas coming into the season? I mean, we see the max of the playoffs now, the first seed, uh, in the Western Conference, going to the playoffs. So, did you expect this good of a season from them? Um, FC, yeah, you know, they've had a history of uh, um, starting off well and not doing well towards the end of the season. But th- the whole season, they were very, very good. Um, obviously, they got first seed in the West. Oscar Perea, I think his second year now, um, his uh, his first semifinal appearance, uh, we were saying. Yeah. Um, our first conference final appearance. Uh, he did a great job with Colorado uh, a few years ago, and coming back to Dallas, um, he just has done a, f- a fantastic job. Uh, the real question is, can FC Dallas hold on to players like Fabian Castillo uh, and Mauro Diaz? Because they, re- without them, they wouldn't have gotten to this point. Um, you know, 
there were rumors that FC Dallas was getting uh, offers in the $15 million range for Fabian Castillo, which is in wow. MLS is yeah. a huge, huge sum of money. I, I think even if they do hold on to these players, I don't think it, you know, I, I, still, I still don't think they can win the West. Uh, we need we didn't really see LA Galaxy gel, right? So I, th- I think I mean they have so much talent there. I think if everything goes right, they will win the West during conference well, next year. But I, I mean, mean it's, it's a little bit early. It's to a talk question about whether uh, they can they're going to hold on to pieces like Zardes and Omar Gonzalez too. Yeah. So I mean, money is becoming an issue. I uh, think they could do it without Zardes though. Uh, yeah. Um, you do Zardes. You I mean, say that, but he's that you're thinking through the U.S. national team lens. Uh, and MLS, I mean... Still, though, I mean, they have talent out wide, up front, in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I guess Jose, Jose Villarreal could come in and play out wide. Um, and, he, and he was so good at the beginning of the year. Yeah, Lechet, obviously, is... is and Bradford Jameson's only getting better, I yeah, think, so... Yeah, and Dos Santos could play out wide, yeah. too. So, I mean, they, they're just so loaded. It's ridiculous. I mean, even the defense is really good. Um, their yeah. issue is a goalkeeper. Um, but they do, I mean... With their homegrown players, uh, FC Dallas, like Kellen Acosta, Jesse Gonzalez, Uyoya, the Uyoa, excuse me, the other defensive midfielder who uh, was okay. Um, I mean, they have a really, really good core. And moving forward, if they can hold on to Mauro Diaz and Fabian Castillo, I think they can make a run at the Cup next year. I really do. Uh, Blas Perez is a year older, so uh, we'll see what kind of impact he has next year if he stays in the U.S. Uh, Tesho Akindile is also getting better, I think. Um, I think he'll, he's going to have to work hard to uh, replace Teixeira as the striker, though, if that's if that's something that's going to happen. And I think he's the player that FC Dallas might get rid of to free up some money uh, to re-sign Castillo and Diaz. Um, I know Diaz is a DP. I don't know if Castillo is. I imagine he is a DP. Yeah. Um, yeah, if not, I mean, I imagine I mean, he to hold be. on to him, they would make him become yeah, one yeah, he, he for his next season. He definitely would become a DP. Um, but I've just, I was so impressed with them this year. I, yeah. I, they were great. Um, hats off to Oscar Perea. Yeah. I don't think you really, yeah, blame him. I, I think in terms of approach, maybe, maybe a little bit passive in the first 10 minutes, but beyond that, I think you can say that there's not, there wasn't much. I, I would say maybe he was passive in the first half. The whole first half? Yeah. Yeah. I Actually, mean, even then. In, bo- in both legs, they, they had opportunities to score. It really came down to uh, defensive errors um, and uh, just bad marking. Um, that's really what it was. I thought Hedges was good. Walker Zimmerman, a couple years ago, he looked like the next great U.S. center back, but he sort of fell off, uh, fell by the wayside. Yeah. Um, he's still solid. He's still a solid option, but they need to figure that out. Uh, and if Javon Watson and um, uh, Hulings said are 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 the uh, Right choices at fullback. Hulings head is Hulings a weird player to me. I, I think he's he's very up and down. Uh, he he gets beat. He does recover, like I said. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean they, they have a good nucleus. They, they should be fine. It's it's all about holding on to their players. I mean, not only for their sake, but for MLS, it's really 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 important they hold on. Especially Fabian Castillo. If we can have a consistent Colombian national teamer in MLS. I mean that could do wonders for yeah, uh, for MLS. Uh, the other thing is um, the other thing I wanted to comment on that we didn't talk about at all. Like I said early on, that they're in Frisco. I think they need a new stadium closer to Dallas because there are soccer fans there. But it's uh, I, I forgot. I think it was on Soccer Morning. Someone was complaining about the drive to FC to Frisco. We saw in this match people had a hard time getting into the match. 
Yeah. I think in like the 40th minute, people still weren't in their seats. And that's not only bad for FC Dallas, it's a bad look for MLS. Um, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's like when we went to Landon Donovan's last match in the U.S. national team jersey, and we didn't get there until 30 minutes, um, you know, because there was so much traffic. But this, I mean, this is completely different. These these people couldn't even get into the stadium on time. Yeah. Um, so something needs to change there. They need to move uh, stadiums, also because they're sharing it with the high school football team, which just I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's kind of it's kind of disrespectful, I think. Yeah. But anyways. The more important team right now is the, uh, is the third seed, Portland Timbers, who are going to advance into the final now. Do you think Caleb Porter should be concerned? Because both of these goals were really just marking errors. I mean, there was nothing really... I mean, it was a good ball in by Diaz on the first one. But really, I mean, I still think that their line was too high up. And if, if Kai Kamara, Ethan Finley, I mean, Frederico yeah. Iguain, all those people are coming at you. I will say... I think they should be worried. Yeah, they should be, especially on the road. I will say on the, on the second goal, Quarasai was a little bit out of position. Diaz took that pretty early, um, and then, uh, you know, Perez was able to finish near post. Um, it seems like Quarase was was uh, moving back into position. Um, yeah, uh, Borchers and Paparano had some heroic defending. Um, they are only playing with one defensive midfielder, though, with Chara. Uh, they had Valeri and Nagby in the midfield, right? So that, I think, was an issue. They had a very, very attacking lineup. Um I don't think they'll change it. Something they could do is play Will Johnson or Jack Shrewsbury in midfield next to um, next to uh, Chara, and then instead of Aspria and uh, who is on the other side? Um, I don't even remember because uh, he did not do much. Okay. Uh, Rodney Wallace, yeah, Rodney Wallace. He didn't do much. You maybe put Nagby or Valeri out wide, um, and then have Will Johnson or um, Jack Shrewsbury. And Chara in defensive midfield, uh, Valeri underneath uh, Adi, and then Aspria and Nagby out wide. Um, actually, that's a possibility. I know I said no early yeah. on. Um, I, I do think Nagby's best position is in the midfield, though, so I don't think they'll change that. Um, and I think there will be space in Columbus's midfield as well. Um, I think that's that's something that might be. Um, that being said, having Chara and uh, Jewsbury back there might help with Kamara because he's a handful. Um, yeah, definitely. I think you know what. Let's table the conversation. Mm-hmm. We'll get more into it into our, in our preview episode for MLS Cup. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts on this match? It was exciting, um, man. It was yeah, a, it was definitely an exciting match. I mean, I think it's the most fun I've had watching a neutral match in a really long time. Yeah, that's what I was saying during the game. Yeah. I, well, yeah, it, it, I mean, part of it is not neutral because we wanted the Timbers to win so Columbus could get home field advantage in the final. Yeah. Since we're crew fans, but oh yeah, also that's another thing. We, we'll probably be there. We'll we'll have more information on our next podcast. So if you're going to be there, hit us up. We can meet up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. I mean, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but speaking of. Uh, you know, the final, the final, the, final uh, the Eastern Conference final happened between New York Red Bulls and Columbus Crew SC. Going into the game, uh, Jesse Marsh's men needed to get a 2-0 win to send it into extra time. Unfortunately, they could only grab one goal. Yeah, uh, Columbus. Uh, I mean, it was it was a pretty uneventful match. Once again, it was very very scrappy. It was very very intense. You know, you saw. Chani headbutting people, people hitting each other, just oh, yeah. crazy stuff. My favorite was when, uh, I think, yeah, Kamari was pushing Chani out of the way, but then Kamara started fighting, like, uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Kamara was trying to get Chani to calm down, and then, 
Uh, and then, and then the New York players kept on going at him. Uh, early on, though, from the get-go, Finley had a wonderful chance in the third minute, um, where he just shot it right at Luis Robles. I remember when uh, uh, Ronald Zubar slipped, he went uh, he yeah. went to the right of Robles and then just shot it. He tried to make him. Uh, Robles got down uh, early. So it was a good save by Robles. Luis Robles was huge in this match. Really, really kept um, New York in it. He had a couple of great Not saves. Not only in this leg, but I think the first leg. He well, he is your MLS goalkeeper of the year. Yeah. Over Bill Hamid, and that's saying a lot. Definitely. Um, yeah, he was... He was I mean, you know who has never won that award? Nick Romano. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, but uh, he's been in the best 11, but has never won goalkeeper of the year. I don't really know how that works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I can't really think of a comparison right now, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there Finley, was, Finley has to be has to be scoring that chance. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, the other one that stands out in my mind is Kamara's juggle, um, and when he turned around and then hit it, hit the volley when he juggled it to himself, um, hit it at uh, and it, it hit it towards lower right to. Um, Robles and he was able to stretch and save it, so he was he was very very good. Uh, excuse me. Um, overall, I thought a lot of New York's attacking players until the last like five minutes, six minutes were pretty absent. Mike Grello was disappointing. Um, I thought Lloyd Sam, who's one of my favorite players to watch, was disappointing. Felipe didn't do much. Um, the only player who I thought was 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 really good was uh, Sal Zizo. Um, Playing it right back, so um, he 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 was really the only good attacking player. Kamara Lawrence uh, from left back had his moments. Um, Miasga and Zubar were were solid back there. They still had a very hard time dealing with Kai Kamara. I mean, he's just such a handful. Um, yeah, it, it, it's like I'm trying to think of someone in in uh, abroad who's who's like Kamara, but I really I really can't. A Drogba's. I mean, he's not abroad, but Dro- <laughs> yeah. Drogba's the other one that. I mean, that's how he was. Um, obviously, I'm not. Zlatan. I'm not. I'm not. Compl- <laughs> Zla- but Zlatan. I mean, yeah. Well, Zlatan you know, does a bit of everything. But I mean, yeah, the presence- Kamara actually can't. That's the thing. Kamara scores like a lot of headers, but he's very skillful on the ball. And I think that match, that match, this match showed it. He likes to drift left and right. Um, remember, he was a winger in sport at Sporting with Sporting KC. So, um, yeah, he was he was good. Uh, but like I said, not much attacking. Um, Play not much good attacking play from uh, from the Red Bulls. Um, so in in the middle of a park, do you think uh, you know? Keeping in mind that Columbus had a two zero lead on aggregate going into the game, do you think that Chani Iguain and uh, Trapp did a good job? I thought Chani was fantastic. Also, McCarty Dax McCarty, who was great um, all season. Uh, I thought he was a little bit off. I didn't think he he was that great, but Chani, you know, he was there. Uh, breaking up passing passes, setting in some great through balls. I mean, New York dominated this match, I'd say, in terms of possession, in terms of shots. But some of the play we saw from Columbus, some of the link-up play between Kamara, Iguain, Finley, Chani was beautiful. There was, I mean, there was back back heels galore. It was, it was so. I mean, I know I'm a crew fan here, but it was beautiful to yeah. watch. And they led to opportunities, and the way they just picked apart New York's defense at times was just fantastic. That starts with Chani in the back and Iguain behind Kamara. And like I said, Kamara can play with his feet. He can play the balls on the ground. 
Um, he's not only he's not a one trick pony. Even Trap made some good forward surging runs. I yeah, think. he did. Yeah, and Finley was. I thought the only Miram was not as good as he usually is. I think that was the only disappointing player for me in this match. Um, uh, yeah, that being said, I thought I thought Tony Chani Tony Chani was my man of the match. Um, I don't think you can really say anyone else on Columbus was. I mean, Columbus's defense was good. I thought they were a little shaky though. Um, Especially towards the end there. That was that was a crazy ending. You want yeah. to talk about the ending? We didn't even talk about the goal. Oh, yeah. So, Anatole Aubang came and scored. He was a substitute. Came on and scored in the 91st minute. Uh, you know, New York was looking more dangerous than ever. And then five minutes of stoppage time were added. Uh, crew brought in... Crew brought in a wall, right? Tyson Wall. Tyson Wall, yeah. And so that added even more time to the, to the additional time. So, at around 96 minutes, you see... Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, some say he was offside, but he gets a header and it just barely hits and it hits the post and it almost goes in, but Columbus hangs yeah. on. I mean, people think people think uh, the uh, first goal should have been ruled offside as well. Um, yeah, this one, the second goal, it looked like it was going in. Uh, Sean Wright Phillips starts celebrating. He should have followed up and maybe he could have scored. It was just, uh, I mean, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy moments there. Um, I mean, a little bit before that, it, 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 towards the end of the match, there was a lot of counterattack, much like the first match uh, between FC Dallas and, and the Timbers. There was a lot of counterattacking soccer and a lot of opportunities for Columbus on the counterattack. Um, yeah, they could have easily had three goals. Yeah, I mean, but so could New York. That's why I don't think I thought Sorrow and Parkhurst were a little bit shaky back there. Um, a player we didn't talk about was Harrison Offal, who was good again. He's just so good. Um, but uh, yeah, towards the end there, I thought Columbus. Columbus almost bottled it. They just, they really, really almost did. That would have been catastrophic, and I think New York would have gone on to win it in extra time. Um, I thought, I don't think it was a wrong decision to bring on Tyson Wall, uh, but sometimes you see players cold in that moment, and they, they have to, they don't really have a chance to warm up. It's so, so frantic, and it's hard for those players. We saw it uh, with Everton against Bournemouth when Everton scored a goal in the 95th minute to go up 3-2. to two. Darren Gibson came on. And he missed the tackle, and Bournemouth scores in the 98th minute, like almost straight from kickoff. It's something that that's consistent that happens in these in these matches. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's a wrong decision to bring him on there, though. I mean, I, I th- when you when you bring in a substitute, you you the referee is going to add that time onto the additional time, even if you're yeah. already in additional time. I mean, that's why some additional time is always guaranteed in the second half. Because there are substitutions. That's part yeah. of what you add. Yeah. So I don't... I mean, I don't think that's really a good strategy just to prolong... Or, you know... Yeah. Try not to prolong the game. Uh, one thing I do want to say is... Um, I did talk about Afu. I just... Before we talk about subs. Afu, uh, he did get injured. Um, so hopefully he's okay. And he did have some bad giveaways. But... Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it might prolong the game. But it's not... It's not the same thing as Everton necessarily. Like, after a goal... I think at that point, it really was about locking the game down defensively. Okay. Um, and, you know, if, if it were to go to extra time, he still had players on the bench like Cedric and Blatty um, and some other guys that he, he didn't bring on. He had, a substitu- he had a substitution. I think the only two substitutions that were made were Chris Clute. Oh, no, Mohamed Saeed came on, too. So he did use all his subs. Never mind. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, yeah, you know, it's, it's difficult. Maybe I, I, I do agree with you a little bit. I think 
Um, we saw it with the U.S. against Portugal too. When Omar Gonzalez came on at defensive mid, it was just weird, and there was no there was no left winger there to help Beasley on Ronaldo's cross to Varela. Uh, remember that? Like it was it. it if you're going to change formation at, like that, it does kind of throw off the synergy of the team, um, and it's difficult. Those situations are difficult. We've seen so many times teams give up goals because of late game substitutions, defensive yeah. substitutions. Um, so yeah, maybe I do agree with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really know if it was the cause of that uh, BWP shot uh, header at the end, but I mean, I, I just, I just don't think it did anything to right. to help us really. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, do, uh, do you have anything else? I mean, just in general, I mean, man, MLS is exciting. You yeah. have two non-first seeds making yeah. two well, teams that we didn't probably think we're going to make the final, so... Well, I picked the crew. In the in the, in the regular season? Yeah. I didn't pick Portland, though. I think I, I picked Seattle. Um, I picked Seattle before LA signed those players, then I picked LA. Um, but why don't we talk about New York? Because they had a great season. Um, you know, Jesse Marsh, before the season, there was that town hall meeting... Um, there was, everyone was up in arms why they fired Mike Pecky. They got brought on the supporter shield. Everyone was, was mad, um, at, at Ollie Curtis for firing Mike Pecky. They didn't give a damn about his, his, what was it? Like 1500 page plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone's mad about this new club coming into New York. That, oh, in NYCFC. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were, yeah, that's true too. They had to compete with them. They were signing players like David Villa. Uh, mixed Discarude. Uh, one of the other ones. Lampard. Iriola. Iriola. Who's the third DP? Mixed Lampard player. via... Did you say mixed? Pirlo. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Um, they had to contend with that, and they just laid low. They signed Sasha Kletchton. They sh- signed Sh- Sean Wright Phillips in the middle of the year. But they played as a team, and Jesse March did a great, great job. Uh, they What did they do? They went out and were the best team for most of the year. They had a little bit of a, a drop-off, and... It looked like they were going to fall behind DC United, but they came back, won the supporter shield, um, and were able to win a series in MLS playoffs, uh, taking steps forward. Um, you know, Dax McCarty was so good all year. Bradley Wright Phillips proved that he can be a focal point of an attack. Uh, he's obviously not going to score to like 28 goals or whatever without Thierry Henry, um, but he proved that he can be a distributor and he can be the focal point of attack. Lloyd Sam had a fantastic season. Kamar Lawrence is one of the best up-and-coming defenders uh, in, in CONCACAF. Um, so they, they have a great team. And I yeah. Matt Miazga, too. I forgot to talk about Matt Miazga. They had the goalkeeper of the year. Um, you know, Columbus knew what they were doing, though. They knew that they, they wanted to play long ball to Kamara. They wanted to get into New York's head, make him uncomfortable, play a scrappy style of soccer. Um, and it worked. Um Unfortunately for New York, but next season I'm sure that they'll they'll be right back where they were. Uh, maybe sign one or two homegrown players. Maybe sign one big name player uh, to help out their attack. They might need another striker up there with Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, another wide player. And Mike Grella was good this year. Is he going to get it done long term for New York? Probably not. Um, so they might look, look to to sign someone. Uh, Mike McGee was recently. It, it was recent. It was recently announced that Mike McGee was available for free agency. I think that'd be a really nice pickup for New York. Uh, I mean, I think he would. He could slot on the left there. 
Um, he could play striker. I mean, he, he actually, I think he'd be, now that I'm thinking about it, I think he'd be perfect for New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, mean, I, I think it was mostly credit, though, to, to Jesse Marsh oh. this season. Because, I mean, if you, if you just looked at the squad before the season, I think that he turned a lot of these players into star players. Right. Would you say Dax McCarty was a... Like a, a top ten midfielder in MLS before uh, I mean, the season started. Some seasons he was, but not consistently. But this season he was top. He was he was in the MLS best eleven. Yeah, he's one of the best midfielders in the league. He 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 consistently outplayed Pirlo and Gerard and Lampard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's better than they were. Um, and you know they have some young players like Gonzalo Verón who came on. Um, their new DP. Um, they have Sean Davis who obviously scored a brace against Chelsea. Uh, the 16-year-old. Um, so, and he can play in the midfield. He can play in, in defense. So he's another young, exciting player. Maybe he's maybe he's the key next year in the midfield next to Dax McCarty. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like you said, Jesse Marsh, just credit to him. He just did a fantastic job. Really did. Yeah. All right, yeah. So, obviously, there's a lot to talk about in the conference finals. We're going to be talking more about the MLS Cup final yeah. match. Uh, we, Don't worry. We'll talk about the crew next time um, a little bit more. We didn't really talk about them this time. Yeah, yeah. it's easy to look over when, like, we just, you know, we, we, we've already talked so much about them amongst ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have a preview episode. We'll go, in, we'll go into depth about uh, the match. Um you know, I'm looking into some guests to maybe help us out with the analysis, but we'll go on. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, during halftime of the Dallas-Portland game, we did get a look at the MLS Best 11, as we talked uh, about before. So I'm just going to go ahead and read that off, and then we can talk about it. Uh, Luis Robles is the keeper. I mean, it's not like it's really a team, but yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I guess it is Best 11 now. It's a 3-5-2. And Laura Simon for the Montreal Impact is uh, defender. Kendall Watson, Whitecaps defender. Matt Hedges, FC Dallas defender. Uh, in the midfield, Benny Fellhaber for Sporting KC, Fabian Castillo, and Dax McCarty, Red Bulls. Uh, also, Ethan Finley for the Columbus Crew SC. Up top, three forwards, Sebastian Giovinco, Toronto FC, Kai Kamara, Columbus Crew SC, and Robbie Keane, LA Galaxy. Yeah, so uh, a great team. I think they did a good job. I don't think there were any real snubs. Maybe Bill Hamid, you can make a case that he had a better season. Um, maybe Sebastian Lechet. Um, def- defense-wise, no fullbacks, like I said. Uh, Tyrone Mears had a good season. Harrison Offal, Waylon Francis, those fullbacks did a great job. Uh, Iriola was not that great. Um, another one who I think maybe next year will break into this team is Poku, if he stays in MLS. Yeah. Um, he was he was great. Um, maybe Ignacio Piatti. I mean, he was the heart and soul of that Montreal Impact team. If Drogba continues, he will definitely be in the team next year. Um, it's just hard to put a player who came in halfway through the year. Yeah. You know, looking at this team, it, ma- it makes me want to see it in the MLS All-Star game. I know it might not be putting the most uh, fans in seats because yeah. you're not bringing, you know, your, your imports. But, man, I, I, mean, I think this team might have a better shot at beating some of the big boys in Europe uh, for those games. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, I mean, I don't know. So maybe, the, I mean, maybe I'm just proposing they should change the system. I mean... Fan voting is kind I mean, of... I uh, mean, there's, there's not... I mean, we saw the commissioner picks, and they were Lampard and Gerrard, so that didn't really... Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think this team would play well together. Three center backs, Fellhaber... Actually, Dexter yeah, it wouldn't really make sense, Giovinco, Kamara, and Kikino. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah and then... Well, not, I mean, and I'm then, and then, like fin- and then Finley and Castillo? 
Okay, yeah, I mean, obviously, they were just trying to get the best players in 1-11 in right. this, but, like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, would you see Kai Kamara even next year in the MLS All-Star game? Like, will, will they... I mean, if you have if you have Giovinco and well, Droba and he was there this year, he was he was there this year. Yeah, but there. but you had some you had some people that were uh, mid season transfers, and if they show up, Kamara still could be playing well, but he might be snubbed just because you know he's yeah it's uh, possible. voted by fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean the other thing is there are five there are five MLS players or five Americans in this best eleven. Um, and they managed combined to get one cap in 19 minutes of playing time with the U.S. national team. I mean, we want to see guys like Fellhaber and Dax McCarty and, um, I mean, Dax McCarty, for Ethan Finley. Uh, we want to see these guys. Hedges. I think Hedges, no, Hedges was the only guy who played. He played in January camp. I remember he came out at right back, which didn't make sense to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh. I mean, Lewis Robles, the ship has sailed, but it's just interesting to see that. There was more caps, there was more minutes um, in this team, many more for Ireland, Colombia, uh, what's other, Belgium. I mean, that's crazy. Italy. Italy, yeah. Yeah, I, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, we talk about the U.S. national team so much. I mean, if this was a complete team with a best 11 plus a coach, then I would say... In fact, even throw Jesse Marsh into the national team, get rid of Klinsman. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesse Marsh, I think, would be great. Yeah. Remember uh, last year? He's not great. German, though, and he hasn't won a World Cup. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind another German coach. Okay, I mean, like, I wouldn't, too. I'm just saying that's why Jurgen is on the roster. I mean, could Jesse... I mean, maybe we're being too critical. We, this is not even about the U.S. national team yeah. today. But, uh, Jesse Marsh to the U.S. national team. Interesting. Maybe Jason Christ, he's out of a job. But there's a reason for that. Yeah, there's I mean, no reason for that. He was kind of I mean, he, what was he supposed to do? They had no defense. Or the, oh, eighth in the East? Yeah, that's not, that's not terrible for the first I mean, season. When, when, does a, when does an expansion team actually make the playoffs? doesn't really happen. Well, for a while, Orlando looked like they could. Yeah, that's true. But Montreal, we all, they had so many games in hand. They're always going to come. Yeah, back. And, uh, no, Orlando's not really. Uh, yeah, I mean they're an expansion team, but, but they, I guess they came from USL, so you can't really compare them. Yeah, they already uh, had a team in place. They had a coach. Adrian Heath was already there. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't think he should have been fired, but at the same time, I think Jesse Marsh would be a better option. Uh, all right. So yeah, why don't we head over to Europe, where we didn't we didn't see a lot of exciting games over the weekend. We mainly wanted to focus this episode on MLS, but. Uh, there was a few good ones. So, Leicester tied United 1-1 at home. Uh, the big storyline from this was uh, James Vardy scoring, or having the most consecutive games with a goal in the Premier League. Did you just call him James? Oh. His name is Jamie. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Jamie Vardy, yeah, the most... Um, the most the most games in a... The mo- sorry, excuse me. Um, the most number of goals... I don't even know how to phrase no, it. Yeah. Most con- number of consecutive games with a goal. Yeah. Um, he breaks Rude uh, Van Nistelrooy's record um, by scoring in his 11th straight Premier League match. Um, great, great him. Remember, he was bought by Leicester from a non-league side for $1 million, as, a, as, a, as an amateur player for £1 million, uh, pounds, actually. Um, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Um I think he has, a th- what is that, his, th- his 13 goals this year, maybe 14. 
Um, and uh, I mean, he fourteen. He has fourteen goals this year. He's just been great. And that what a pass by Fuchs to send Vardy in. It was a very. Uh, I mean, all all United did in this, or all uh, Leicester did in this match was counterattack. United had sixty nine percent of the possessions. Uh, they had ten shots to Leicester seven, which is not a huge difference. Um, but that was a classic counterattacking goal. Schmeichel out to Fuchs. Fuchs then a uh, great pass to Vardy, and Vardy was in behind his score. But that was the big story of this match. The other big story is this was one versus two in the table. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Leicester, first place Leicester City coming to this match uh, versus second place Manchester United. Um, so 1-1 one, one draw. Uh, we talked about Vardy's goal. Schweinsteiger scored in the four, in stoppage time in the first half of a header. Yeah. Other than that, not a very exciting match. Not really a whole lot to talk yeah. about. Yeah, definitely not that much to talk about. But in terms of the table, do you think Leicester can actually win the Premier League? No. What? No. Well, I mean, that's just... I mean, we're almost halfway, aren't we? We are, we are, we, okay, I guess we... No, not really, I mean, kind of. We, five, five games left till halfway, but I, I just don't understand. Okay, it's... I mean, it's not like they've been, like, I mean, they. I guess you could say they've been grinding out results, but not looked that pretty, but still, I, I mean, it's not like, let's see, like... I mean, their they're next four... They scored the second most goals in the Premier League. Their next four matches are Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool, and Man City. I mean, those are some tough matches. Um, and, you know, they're all winnable matches, I guess. Um, and if they, you know, if they do, if they, at, at the halfway point, if they're still in the top three and they're two, three points off, or if they're in first place, then maybe. But remember, a couple years ago, we saw Arsenal being in first place for most of the season, and then City was able to come back and win the league. So, City as a Manchester City, not Leicester City. Yeah. But uh, who who's your who's your favorite then? Arsenal. Okay, Arsenal. Still Arsenal. They need to drop points against Norwich um, City. Um, I think Arsenal's going to win the league. They were my pick, so I'm going to stick with them. Um, <laughs> I'm sticking with Chelsea. Yeah, are you? Yeah. Uh, and then Man City um, would probably be my second choice. No, no chance for Spurs to win the league. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, that would be very annoying. <laughs> All right, why don't we move over to Germany, where we saw Bayer Leverkusen uh, tie Schalke 1-1. Yeah, it was a... Break down that game. Yeah, it was a crazy, crazy match, kind of. There was a lot of opportunities for both teams. Uh, eventually, uh, Chupamotin, Maxime Chupamotin, the Cameroonian international, was able to score in the fifth minute. And then... 50th. Re- 50th minute, sorry. I was reading that, and I said fifth for some reason. And then Rieter scores an own goal um, for, uh, for uh, Schalke. Schalke. Um, which um, is able to, so which Leverkusen gets their goal from. Um, and after that match, Leverkusen is in sixth place and Schalke is in eighth. And maybe they could use Fuchs doing doing good things for Leicester in the. Just transferred to Leicester over the summer. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, do you have anything to but, say? About yeah, that? but I mean, both these, te- uh, the match are just. No, I mean, you can, you can say. I, mean, I, I think both these teams have been fairly disappointing. Yeah. I expected both of these teams to finish higher, particularly Schalke. Uh, they, they were, I think. Third or fourth last year. I mean, the crazy part for me was these teams had a real opportunity to separate themselves from the pack. But, I mean, Mocha Gladbach lost their first five games. And now they're in fourth place. I mean, you expect sixth and eighth. I mean, the teams that are ahead of them, you know, you could Wolfsburg, Dortmund, yeah. I mean, you expect them to be ahead of them. But Hamburg is ahead of Schalke. And uh, Erta Berlin is ahead of both of them. 
So, I mean, yeah. I'm pushing for Mojo Gladbach and Eartha Berlin. If they both can get into the Champions League, that would be so, so I, good. I, I, I still think I'm picking Leverkusen to make the Champions League, actually, because I, I think that they've had some issues with depth so, thus far with the Champions League and everything. So, they have a talented roster. So once, once they're out, you think they'll start doing better than the league? Yeah. But they might, they might not be out. I mean, it's not like oh. it's not like Roma has booked a spot yet. All we have to do is beat Bate at home. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, we're actually not talking about the Champions League, but don't worry, we'll have a lot of coverage before that. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit crazy with Thanksgiving, you know. And I'm just MLS. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think both of those teams will look to get get higher in the table. But uh, you know, in terms of titles, it's already Bayern Munich just crowned them already. <laughs> I mean. Dorman, man, only eight, eight points. points off. I mean, forty-two goals scored in, in first of all, forty-two goals scored in fourteen matches is insane. That's three goals a game. Well, Dorman's only got two less. But five goals conceded in fourteen matches. That's <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's a goal in every three matches almost. Yeah, it's like winning three-zero every match. Yeah, with the, with the amount of goals they have. That's insane. <laughs> wow. And then the, the the gap between Dortmund and Wolfsburg in third place is seven points. So yeah. it'll be an interesting race for the Champions League. Like I said, but we, yeah, we, Mönchengladbach Gladbach and Ertha, best case scenario for the U.S. national team, Brooks and, and uh, Fabian Johnson, Johnson back in the Champions League. I think I think Fabian Johnson was a big part of uh, Bruce Mönchengladbach's turnaround. Yeah. Like you said, they've started off rough. but We'll talk about him. Yeah. We'll get there. All right, so why don't we move over to Italy, where we saw uh, today on Monday, Napoli beat Inter Milan 2-1 to at home. Uh, Higuain was the star man with a brace. Yeah, two great goals. The second goal was a great individual run. Yeah. Um, I mean, Very weird. Handanovic off the goal kick and then just yeah, the header on yeah. to Higuain. I mean, it was a, it was a great run. Um, yeah. And he was able to finish it. The first goal, a great finish. I think it was, was it Hamshik or Cajon, I think. Um, who sort of put it into the box. It looked like it went off an intra defender, and uh, Iguain was able to score. The angle is just ridiculous, yeah. how he gets that much power he's, on he's, it. In terms of brute finishing, I mean... I, is there anyone better? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Suarez, I, I would say. Yeah, actually, yeah. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> is there anyone better? I mean, definitely, I don't think anyone better in Italy, but I, I, I'd say really? top seven in terms of just finishing. Yeah, I guess Tevez is... Not finishing anyone. penalties, though. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess Tevez isn't there anymore. I, get, I mean, what are the strikers are there right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we, we don't need to get into that. Um, I mean, the other thing in this match was Inter was really playing with not ten men. Nagatomo got his second yellow in the forty fourth minute. Um, a bad I challenge. I think I, it was just a straight red. No, it was the second. Oh, yellow. Was the second yellow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that um, could have been a red card, I think. Yeah, it probably could have been. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, and then Lajic scores a constellation goal, as you say out here, but a constellation goal he scores. I just double-clicked it. I wanted to get the red out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't know goals could be constellations. <laughs> but he did score a constellation goal in the 67th minute. Um, the former Roma man, nice take onto his left foot and a nice tidy finish. Yeah, it was a good finish. Roma's leading scorer last year, for some reason not on the team. Leading a score because we weren't playing with a striker, I guess. Yeah, but, but you're not playing with a striker now either. We are playing with a striker. Yeah, but barely. He's still 
still has a decent amount of goals. I mean, don't you think? Kind of don't bad. you think Lyish? I mean, Jekko doesn't play well, and there's no one that's going to come off the bench to change the pace or to do something. You're stuck. Well, okay, you're, no. you're stuck with Jekko for 90 minutes. I know. I know. Yeah, Je- this wasn't. Trevino can score, or Trevino plus play striker, and all that stuff. But having Lyish off the bench. Might be valuable. Oh, yeah. Even even keeping someone like Doombia or Destro, I would have yeah. been okay with. I don't know why we decided <laughs> to get rid of all three. <laughs> uh, I mean, where was Destro? Destro was on loan at Milan last year, right? Yeah. Now he's permanently on Bologna. Yeah. He scored against Roma a couple weeks ago. Yes, he did. All right. That, that ends our European roundup. Yeah, it does. Why don't we move into our top five American performances? Why don't we? So this is a new series we've been doing. It's our second uh, time we've been doing this. Um, we are doing American Top 5. So the American Top 5 players playing outside of MLS. Maybe once we get into MLS regular season, we'll include maybe two separate lists. Um, maybe a top three from MLS or something. So Americans. Though. Yeah, yeah, Americans. Um, and so we're, we're, we're just... Every week on uh, Monday, which is when we usually do our show, um, we'll have uh, our Top 5 American performances from the weekend. Um, so let's get started. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Dwayne Holmes played 19 minutes in Huddersfield's 2-0 loss against... Middlesbrough. Okay. Sorry, I put Borough there. Um, is, that, is that... Yeah, that's what people say. Term? Okay. Uh, thought, I don't know if it's colloquial. <laughs> I don't know if that's the correct use of the term colloquial. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, well, Dwayne Holmes, uh, born in Georgia, has expressed interest in playing in the U.S. national team. Um, he was at the USA-Ireland match, I believe. No, USA-Columbia. One of the matches. He was there um, uh, last year. Uh, he was in the stands. Um, oh, no, Scotland. USA-Scotland. That was like two years ago. Dang. Before the World Cup. Wow. My freshman year of college. I'm forgetting. Did we beat Scotland? No, we, we lost, lost to Ireland. We right? lost one. Yeah, we lost to Ireland 4 nothing. 4-1? 4-0? Yeah. This Scotland was... I think it was 0-0. Um, like two years ago, but he's definitely expressed interest in playing for the U.S. That's where he wants to play. He's also eligible for England. Um, he has made 18 appearances for Huddersfield's first team, um, but for a while there, he didn't make any, and it's just great to see him back on the field. And hopefully, he's a he's an attacking midfielder, very very tidy player. Hopefully, he can break into the team and start playing well in the championship, and hopefully move forward and move on. And um, become a part of the U.S. national team picture. There's still some time until the Olympics. You never know. Yeah. Uh, at number four, and you help with Julian Green scoring a goal against Bayern in their 3-2 loss. Bayern Munich 2. Yeah, Bayern Munich 2. Um, yeah, it is my list, so Sahil can feel free to disagree with the ordering or if you think there's someone else who should have been on the list. Um, yeah, he scored a goal uh, uh, in, in the... I mean, it's just good to see him score, right? It's good to see him play well. It's his seventh goal of the season. Um... And uh, he, you know, he's been playing well, and hopefully he can get back into the, uh, well, not get back, get into the first team uh, for Bayern Munich. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, John Brooks, actually, I don't know. At Wait, this okay. point, I think David uh, what's, is what's, more what's, relevant to the national team. Well, yeah, definitely. Actually. Well, yeah, he is more, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not comparing the two. Actually, yeah, Danny Williams is older, fairly older, too. Yeah, fairly, uh, fairly older, and he's a defensive midfielder. That's not even, I mean, just because they're German-American doesn't mean you just compare them. <laughs> yeah, all right, so number three. Uh, number three, and you help with John Brooks playing 90 minutes uh, in a 0-2 loss versus Bayern Munich. Yeah, so he, you know, obviously, Erta Berlin are in fifth place right now. Um, <laughs> um, if uh, So they're in, they're in fifth place right now um, after the match. They did have a 2-0 loss. 
uh, to Bayern Munich this weekend. John Brooks played full 90 minutes. He's back into the rotation, which is really, really good to see. Um, he, uh, he, um, he played in a three-man back line on that left side, um, and he, he had five interceptions in this, in this match, um, which is really, really good, and, um, and, uh, and four clearances. So uh, it's five interceptions, uh, pass interceptions, and four clearances for him, which is really, really good to see. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see him playing well. Obviously, they did lose 2 nothing, so it's hard to – it might be – some people might disagree with that. But the fact that he's playing so well and he's back in the starting lineup is a really, against Bayern Munich, a huge match, is a really, really good sign. And number two, Neil put DeAndre Yedlin, recording an assist for Sunderland. Yeah, he played 90 minutes and got an assist for Sunderland. Um, he had a team-high four tackles and an 83 pass completion percentage. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, and he, he was good. It's nice. Obviously, last week he wasn't in the starting lineup after the international break, and he's back in the starting lineup. Fabian Johnson is a number one. He scored two goals for Bruce Mouton Gladbach. Yes, a brace. His third of the week he scored in the Champions League. Remember, the second goal was amazing. He, he uh, I mean, he cuts back. Two, player, two Hoffenheim players go sliding. Um, and this is the 87th minute to tie the match. Two Hoffenheim players are doing the Sol Campbell slide off the field, and then he just beats the keeper. I mean, it's just uh, right into the top of that. Great goal. He is on form. By far the best U.S. national team player at this moment. I agree. What do you think about the list? Um, I mean... I mean, I know you hate Julian Green. I, I don't hate Julian Green. I'd love to have him on the podcast, actually. <laughs> I just... Nah, he doesn't hate Julian I just don't think that you would put any player who scored in... Uh, Bundesliga Force Division on this list. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, aside, I mean, I mean, are we doing American top five or like significant like improvements or like just like it's, things a, it's, a, it's a little bit of both. Okay. It's a little bit both. That's why Dwayne Holmes is in there. Like, I could put Jeff Cameron who played 40 minutes, or Brad Guzan who lost three to two but made four saves. Uh, you know, Bobby Wood hit the post twice. I don't think that's good. Um, but I think Julian Green, I don't want people to forget about him. He's, it's his seventh goal of the year. That's nothing to scoff at. <laughs> I mean, don't you think he'd be a starter on, on, on MLS teams? Maybe not, actually. No, I don't think so. Maybe not. I mean, maybe like Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just because he's American, he'd be a starter, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I think, just Physically, I don't think he can really he handle can, that. Yeah. That's the, that's the issue. We'll see what happens with him. Also, in terms of skill, I don't think he matches the likes of Pelosi. But why? Or, really? Yeah. You don't think so? I don't think so. I mean, why, why? You have to remember, like, a player like Sebastian Lecce and Mark Pelosi, they were on the reserve teams before they came to MLS. The reserve teams of, of, of West Ham and Liverpool, respectively. West Ham for Lecce and Liverpool for Pelosi. I, there's still a lot of time with, with, with Julian Green. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but other than that, I mean... Fabian Johnson, I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, we, we just can't talk about him enough because yeah. he's not right. going to get times like these very often for, yeah. For, yeah. for us. I mean, a great lead to Bundesliga. We're seeing him score score like this. It's, it's just great. Yeah, he's he's doing so well in the crucial goals for Mönchengladbach. Yeah, you can save him right. point. All right, you know what? You know what? There's only three weeks, less than three weeks until Star Wars Episode Seven. Also... Which is just so exciting. What? Right. Six, six days until yeah, MLS I'm, Cup? I'm excited. Six days until MLS Cup. Three weeks until Star Wars. 
25 days until Christmas if you celebrate, or if you don't celebrate. Get into the holiday season by going to ambitiousstrike.com. Check out Ambitious Strike. That's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. Go check them out for some great soccer apparel. Make sure to use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount on all, on your entire purchase. Um, and you can, yeah, you can use that as much as you want. If you make multiple purchases, you can use the discount on all your purchases. Um, so yeah, buy them, for, buy them as gifts, buy them for yourself. They're very, very comfortable. Um, Sahil's wearing his right now. He is always wearing his. Um, <laughs> yeah. Every time I come home, he's just wearing his ambitious strike shirt. Mine's in the wash. Very comfortable. It's very yeah. comfortable. And I'm glad that, you know, we, we, we wouldn't just take any deal that we, that we could find. I mean, That's true. We, we, we tried on these shirts. We met with these great people and yeah. we saw the, the web, the new website design. It's, it's, it's fantastic. We're, we're glad to be part of yeah, it. Yeah. We, we think that they have the opportunity to become big. Uh, hopefully we'll have, uh, uh Michael, uh, the uh, leader of the company on the show sometime soon to talk about their brand and what what they what they are trying to do. I, I've I think I've explained a couple of times. Um, you know, there's these companies like Hurley um, and Hollister who start off as skater and surfer companies, but that doesn't mean that only skaters and surfers can wear their stuff. And that's what they want. They they think there's no soccer company like that, which is true. Um, so it's soccer apparel. But for anyone, yeah. you know, it's, 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 and their name is just awesome. Ambitious Strike. Yeah. Their, their slogan is positive be, positive vibes. Yeah. Their slogan, their slogan, not Logan, their slogan is be vicious. So don't forget to be vicious. Yeah, man. Maybe you also could talk about the youth development in Arizona and soccer or whatever. Yeah. I think we, we're going to hit him up and when we're in Arizona, we'll see him. So we're heading there in a couple of weeks too. Yeah. During the Christmas season. If you don't celebrate Christmas, that's completely fine. We're not Christian ourselves. We're just... Americans. <laughs> well, I mean, you know... I mean, like a lot of people... In a, a lot of people in the States celebrate it, even if it's not for religion. It's just such a commercialized... Commercialized, excuse me. Commercialized uh, holiday in this country, yeah. so... You but know, either way, you can feel the holiday spirit. I by guess. wearing ambitious right. Yeah, Hanukkah, is it, holiday spirit. Kwanzaa, or if you're just, you know... I New don't Year's. Know. New Year's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you don't, you go on like some other calendar, but you know, standard calendar. Instead of dressing up as a Wookiee, go into Star Wars with your ambitious strike shirt, and people will be like, "Wow, that's a great shirt. I want <laughs> one too." And you can tell them about it and tell them to use the code Brothers at, at checkout. <laughs> Can't stress it enough. Ambitious Strike is a great company. I mean, if it, if Ambitious Strike existed in the Star Wars galaxy, everyone would be wearing everyone would be wearing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It even fits the Empire's colors nicely. I mean, some of the shirts. Trilogy. Yeah. I mean... The one I'm wearing. Yeah, I mean, the New Republic Finn, I think he seems like someone who would wear uh, Ambitious Strike. Stick it on, on 3PO. Yeah. Goes <laughs> <As> well. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. <laughs> All right. We have an email for this podcast. It's soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter. It's at soccerbrospod. My brother's Twitter is at BigTimeBrownie. Mine's at ASR underscore Sahel. Make sure to leave a review or rating if you're on iTunes, or follow us, or like it if you're on SoundCloud. We're also on Google Play now. Yeah, we are on Google Play. Go check us out. Make sure to follow. Make sure to share, guys. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, we love doing this. Yeah, we do love doing this. <laughs> and <laughs> on that note, we'll see you guys later. See ya.